A voice was heard in Rama, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. In this beautiful poetic passage from Jeremiah, we see Rachel as the personification of the land and nation of Israel, as the bride of God who is weeping for her exiled son Ephraim. This passage, (coughs) excuse me, this passage is also used by St. Matthew to show a prophetic fulfillment and to bring poetry to bear on a terrible tragedy. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth, and he put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. Today, I believe that this prophetic passage is terribly applicable to our nation. We don't have a Herod killing our children, but we do have the God of convenience. For convenience, we murder over half a million babies every year. This is Sanctity of Life Sunday in our nation, and as directed by our bishop in our diocesan customary I preach on life today. Abortion is one of the great evils of our land, and worldwide it is an almost unbelievable evil. In the U.S., since the 1973 Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision, there have been almost 62 million babies killed in our country. Worldwide, since 1980, there have been 1.5 billion abortions. Essentially, my friends, there will be another thousand babies killed by abortion in this world by the time I finish this sermon. If the church does not speak up about this atrocity, not a lot of people will. Children As we know in our families, children are to be protected at all costs. They are made in the image and likeness of God Almighty. They are not even just one of his creatures. Remember, we get quite upset when we abuse animals, when we needlessly kill God's creatures. But children are the pinnacle of God's creation. They are humans. And please don't forget that we have the tragedy that is the other victims of abortion. We have the women who have made this decision in their life. Yes, I know many women have had abortions and have maintained that they made the right decision. But I am aware of a whole host of women anecdotally, anyways, 
who are crushed by that decision that they made, whether it was two weeks ago or two decades ago. St. Paul gives us applicable advice. Weep with those who weep. When someone is crushed, be crushed with them. Empathize as you can. Put your arms around them. Support them. And this is a real issue in our world. Abortion is still going on at an incredible rate, which means there are women in our world who have had abortions. Many, by God's grace, have come into the church, have found forgiveness. It doesn't mean that it's a, an issue that is passed for them. Any more than losing a loved one is ever really an issue that is passed. My friends, we have a God who did not leave us helpless and hopeless. That's what Epiphany is all about, isn't it? The Messiah made manifest to the world. The Messiah came to redeem that world, and that means to redeem all of us, body and soul, including those that have undergone the sufferings associated with abortion in our country and around the world. St. John Baptist came as someone crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. We need to cry out as well. Sometimes that's with our voice, sometimes that's with our actions, sometimes it's very specific actions in a very specific circumstance where we reach out and love someone. And I don't mean emote all over them, I mean serve, action. We need to speak to our society. Yes, about abortion and how wrong it is. And by God's grace, we have seen great effect by the voice of the church over these last uh, couple of decades. We've seen a dent being made in abortion. Abortion rates are lower today than they, than they have been. I think 2014 was the lowest uh, since Roe v. Wade. So we need to speak to our society, but we need <clears throat> to not just speak about abortion, but we need to speak about hope. There is a response from God to the misery and sadness and brokenness of our culture and of so many people. Death is not the answer. Christ came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. This is the hope of the gospel. This is the hope of our society and our culture. It is Jesus. Jesus is the hope of our country. And we have to live out this hope. We have to live out this life in little tiny ways, in big ways, in little choices and in big choices. We have to live out this reality of Christ's hope in our life. Not that we are never broken. 
Not that we are never sad. Not that we are never discouraged. But we must never let hold of the hope that is Christ Jesus. Become man for us. Dying on a cross for us. 2,000 years ago in history. You know, we've seen it in history before. The world looks very dark. The forces of evil are on the march. And the church just steadily, one foot in front of the other, does her job of living out the life of Christ in the midst of that dark world. And then, in time, not usually overnight, the tides change. The world hears the gospel and responds. And very often we see that in little pockets in a culture, in a place, in a country, in a kingdom. So that in England we speak of the Northumbrian Renaissance. The gospel had taken such root there under St. Aidan and his evangelism that it flourished into this amazing, beautiful civilization. On a map, it's a tiny little speck of land. But it was so influential that it influenced King Charlemagne and his kingdom, the Frankish kingdom. And you had what we know as the Carolinian uh, uh, Renaissance. Meanwhile, in other parts of England, maybe just a six-hour car drive away at this point, things are still dark. So if we must, I suppose we ought to start right here and see if we can live the gospel out here and see the hope of Christ take root here, that we might see a flourishing of life, of hope, of peace, and have our own little Lake Almanor Renaissance. It doesn't have to be very big. Hopefully we can still honor God with all of it. Then, perhaps here, perhaps in a bigger space, perhaps our country will be shaped by the church in the next generation and we'll be able to put Rachel's lamentation behind us and rejoice with those who rejoice as there will be one flock and one shepherd. My friends, Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, serving the Lord. Rejoice in hope in Christ Jesus. Be patient in tribulation. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Be hospitable. For Christ Jesus is our hope, and in him we can actually accomplish this type of life. Amen.